0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi from the Customer Treasury Services Unit of AIB and welcome to our weekly update on Tuesday, May the 28th. I'm Gavin O'Carroll and our Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan, is with me to make sense of the European elections in Britain over the last weekend. Ali, let's jump straight into the week with your view of potentially where the political landscape is in the UK this morning. Well, the UK,
1: as expected, we saw a strong performance by the Brexit party. Uh, what was maybe a bit unexpected was the strength of the vote for the parties that want to remain within the EU. So Brexit and UKIP combined came in with just under 35% of the vote. But when you look at the level of Democrats, they got over 20%, the Greens are at 12 and then you have smaller parties Uh, combined those uh, pro-EU Remain parties got over 40% of the vote, and then you have Labour 14, so that's well over 50% of the vote. So um, I know there's a lot of focus on the big vote that um, Mr Farage's party got. It does show that the UK is quite divided uh, still on the issue of Brexit. There isn't much uh, there in the middle ground in terms of compromise, but uh, the strength of that Remain vote, or of parties that support Remain, was quite interesting in terms of the outcome. As a result, we saw a bit of strength in Sterling. Um, now, Sterling had been on nerve last week. Theresa May's announced her resignation, her pending resignation. Boris Johnson is favoured to succeed her as Prime Minister. He's saying he would deliver Brexit uh, in whatever shape or form at the end of October, even if it means a no deal Brexit. Um, we saw the euro rise to 88.5p but it dipped back uh, again below 88 on the back of those results showing that strong vote for the as I say, the remain leaning parties and not just a big vote for Brexit
0: I think Ollie when you stand back from everything that's gone on over the last week since we sat down to discuss the, the podcast last week I mean you could look at some of the headlines there from the weekend and the Tories who chose the next PM want a no deal Parliament opposes no deal no deal could prompt a general election a run at a no deal could end up with a second referendum and no deal probably isn't sustainable.
1: Well, I think the first thing uh, people need to understand is we're going nowhere in the next few months here. Um, the Tory party will have a new leader by the end of July. Uh, the UK Parliament will be in recess at that stage. The European Commission uh, and European Parliament shuts down for August. So we're going to come back here in early September and look at this issue again and will be back onto the agenda. Uh, now, if the risk for Boris Johnson is that if he goes and uh, against the will of Parliament and tries to push ahead with a no deal brexit, he could lose lose a vote of confidence which would trigger a general election. Uh, and there's no guarantee the outcome that may well be a, a Labour victory, particularly if the Brexit party stand. So there's lots of uncertainties around that. So I think, uh, really, for the next two or three months, we're not going to see any Brexit, uh, sorry, any progress on the Brexit issue. We come back in early September and some suddenly people will be focused again on another cliff-edge date at the end of October when the extension period to Article 50 ends and the UK is due to leave again. So, um... There'll be a lot of uncertainty in markets uh, after the summer and there's no, it's certainly not clear to me how uh, we immediately resolve this Brexit issue, whether we get a further extension. I think that's probably the most likely outcome here is that we will get a further extension at the end of October. There just doesn't seem to be enough time in September October to resolve the, the Brexit question.
0: There's a very interesting comment to one of the uh, articles in the FT from yesterday. It was about... Boris Johnson, and you jumped straight to Boris Johnson nearly assuming that he's going to be Tory party leader, but just just to give you the the headline, it was really hard to know whether any of the uh, attacks matter. A senior cabinet source said he's held every position on every conceivable topic. That's why we don't
1: trust him. Yeah, I think Boris Johnson has very strong support among the grassroots. The key question is whether he can command sufficient support among his parliamentary colleagues to be one of the two names that goes forward to the contest, the general membership. If he's on that ballot paper, the likelihood he is that he will win. Uh, what we've had, though, is a number of leading Tory party members indicate that uh, you know they will not stand for him pushing through uh, a no-deal Brexit against the will of Parliament, and they might even trigger a general election. So I think there'll be a lot of uncertainty around there. We'll have to see what the new le- policy of the new leader of the Tory party is uh, post the summer. Uh, I do th- They may not want a general election, given how poor the Tories did uh, at the weekend polls. I mean, they're below 10%. So that's why I'm leaning to think uh, an extension is probably the most likely outcome here. And we know the EU does want to be blamed for triggering no-deal uh, exit, so an extension will probably be granted, even for the reason that there's a new Prime Minister in place and needs some time to resolve this issue. So that's the most likely near-term outcome after the uh, summer. But we'll just have to wait and see how this Tory party vote unfolds for a new leader and uh, what that new leader says. It could be Boris Johnson. It's likely to be somebody that, that favours a hard Brexit. Uh, that is the most likely outcome here. Theresa May's policy has failed. Mm. Uh, I say the middle ground is not the place to be in British politics at the present time. So it is a game changer in that sense. But Parliament remains resolutely against a No Deal Brexit, regardless of who the Prime Minister is.
0: It's a great headline again in uh, one of the papers yesterday. The um, Chris Johns, one of the writers on, on the economic front, and he said anybody promoting a Brexit compromise in the UK is now immediately branded a traitor. UK and US were on holidays, Ollie, yesterday, Monday, but the pound we, we touched on it it has been on a record long losing run against the euro this month of May, and mainly weighed down by the fears that a Brexit hardliner, as you mentioned, there could pull Britain out of Europe. Just Touch on the other issues, though, affecting the currency markets globally, the China-US trade war.
1: Yeah, last week was a difficult week in markets. We saw, you know, the return of risk aversion, downward pressure on stock markets, downward pressure on oil, flight into bonds. Uh, there are real, I suppose there's two elements. to One is that uh, this trade dispute between China and the US is worsening. It's now morphing into a dispute around technology and technology companies. So relations are continuing to be strained there. And secondly, we had some worrying economic data of Europe and of the US pointing to a slowdown, not just in manufacturing activity, but also the services activities weakening. Particularly in the US, it had very strong growth in the first quarter. But the flash PMI indicators for the manufacturing and services sectors were much weaker than expected in May. We also had weak figures in the Eurozone. So as we've referenced before, growth held up better than expected in the first quarter but that that's likely to be temporary the survey indicators are indicating uh are suggesting that activity will slow and we can see that manifesting itself in terms of where the markets think u.s rates may go they've now fully priced in a rate cut in the u.s by the end of the year another rate cut by the middle of next year and possibly a third rate cut in 2021 and as far as rates in the UK and the Eurozone are concerned, they just continue to extend out the period in which rates remain unchanged. So at this stage there's no rate hike expected by the ECB or in the Eurozone until the end of twenty twenty one and markets don't see now don't now don't see a rate hike in the UK until two thousand and twenty two, even though the Bank of England is telling us it needs to raise rates to meet its inflation target. So that's the uncertain economic backdrop, the uh, risk of markets because of the continuing uh, trade dispute uh, between the US and China uh, and concerns about the global outlook.
0: Bond markets seem to be reasonably calm, notwithstanding the fact that the UK and US were off yesterday.
1: Yeah, well, bond markets will make grounds when uh, interest rate expectations are softening. I think there was some consolation of markets as well from the outcome of the European elections in mainland Europe. That surge by the far-right, you know, nationalistic, anti-EU, Eurosceptic-type parties didn't really materialise. Now, there were strong votes in places like Italy, to a lesser extent France, uh, and in Poland for far-right parties. But overall, um, the centre-ground held... And, okay, the the traditional parties, the Christian Democrats, the Social Democrats lost some ground, but we saw a surge in support for Green parties, for the Liberal Party. So there hasn't been... The centre ground is more fragmented within the EU uh, and the the new European Parliament, but we haven't seen the big increase in the number of seats being taken or won by far-right parties that was expected. So it's much as you were uh, in terms of the European Parliament, Obviously, they'll take on board the strong performance by the Green Party. But then again, that performance is not across the EU. It's in the wealthier countries. Uh, obviously, Ireland is an example. Also, the UK, France, Germany and the Scandi economies. I mean, the Greens really feature in Eastern Europe or the Mediterranean uh, member states. So overall, I think the market will take comfort that there isn't a radical shift in European politics, a radical move towards Euro- Eurosceptic parties. is much its as much the same as you were, uh, okay, a bit more fragmentation, but no great policy shift coming as a result of these European elections. So... Th- the currency markets were pretty calm calmed yesterday, not great much movement in the dollar euro uh, markets overall uh, fairly calm. Now, I know the US and UK were closed, but I think the results will be a comfort to markets.
0: There's little economic data note this week, so we, we won't really go there. It's going to be mainly geopolitical events to drive markets. Just, I mean, if the European elections last weekend were a proxy in the UK, and to bring it back to the, the primary talk now, the UK... If the European elections were a proxy in the UK for a second referendum, the results do show just how tight any rerun would be, Ali. It'll be tight, but I do think they may have shown
1: a bigger vote for Remain than people might, than people might have anticipated. As I say, when you look at the Liberal Democrats, Greens, s and Plaid combined, Change UK, they're at over 40% of the vote. And that doesn't even take into consideration the Labour Party, which is at 14, which uh, the, certainly the grassroots there want to remain, and... Uh, and you know, the, the strongly leaning Brexit parties just got 35% of the vote. Obviously, the Tory party vote collapsed. So it would suggest to me that obviously the the, the vote the last time in terms of the, the previous referendum was very tight. It was 52-48 vote to leave. Uh, that does seem to have changed on the basis of these results and there may be a majority emerging for the UK to remain but I mean that remains very uncertain I think we'll have a government that wants to avoid a general election and wants to avoid a referendum so Brexit uncertainty and can't get a deal through Parliament so we'll still remain in this logjam so to me, I don't see any early resolution to the uncertainty around Brexit, even, you know, come next September, October. I think another delay is probably the most likely outcome. But I am struck by the, the vote posted by the Liberal Democrats and the Greens in particular, which are very, very strong remain parties. Um, and, you know, the UK remains badly divided. And as you say, and as Chris John said in that article, there is no sympathy for anybody in the middle ground. As Theresa May followed, found out, you just get swallowed up uh, and the views around Brexit that are held in the UK on both sides are entrenched, and there's certainly no mood for compromise. I still feel um, you know, it can continue indefinitely for years and years and years, and if Parliament can't resolve it, it probably will eventually have to go back to it another referendum in terms of asking the people what they really want uh, in regard to the UK's continued membership
0: of the EU. One of the Bloomberg headlines was also extreme divisions, and simply put, it summed up everything that's going on in UK politics at the moment and the positions they're all going to have to take now to try and get the leader of the Tory Tory yeah. par- party into Parliament.
1: Yeah, I, was thinking, I think the key thing for listeners to understand is there's going to be no progress in the next number of months. We're probably going to see limited action on currency markets now. We have seen that bit of weakness of sterling during May, as you mentioned. It is back down to around the 80 80- AP level. It's probably going to remain in around that level over the over the summer, uh, and we come back here in September and see who the new leader is and what approach he tries to take in terms of uh, the impending Brexit deadline, which is the end of October. And we know where Parliament stands in that regard. That will block a No Deal Brexit, even if it means a motion of no confidence in the government and a general election. So um, you know, no progress in the near term. I think the markets have seen the election results. Uh, the starting was settled down now for the summer. Uh, I suppose the main point of interest was to see how the Tory party leadership campaign evolves. We saw Boris Johnson's previous attempt to become Tory party leader wasn't successful. There's a lot of candidates uh, in the field, so We'll just wait and see how that evolves over the next number of weeks.
0: Thank you, Ali. We'll, we'll touch on the Irish economy uh, in depth later on this week. Um, many thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us and our customers for subscribing to our weekly updates. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, please do press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on iTunes or the podcast apps for iOS or Android. We look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.